The three of us are here because we know what a great feeling it is to win an Academy Award for directing. Yeah, it was, it was the greatest honor that I've ever received. Hey, guys, I never won an Academy Award. So why are you here? Uh, I don't know, I got nominated a couple of times. Well, anyway, the two of us know what a great honor it will be for one of the five nominees. Well, I, I, I just want to say that it's much better to give than receive. No, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> and here are the nominees for Best Director. For Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. For The Departed, Marty Scorsese. For Letters from Iwo Jima, Clint Eastwood. For The Queen, Stephen Fears. And for United 93, Paul Greengrass. Spread out. <laughs> and the Oscar goes to Martin Scorsese. Is It Really? The podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. Do you know who I am? No. Well, I'm the guy who tells you there are guys you can hit and there are guys you can't. I'm Zach Smith Michaels, and I am not a cop! And tonight we're watching The Departed and asking, what does loyalty get you? Ooh. And speaking of loyalty... <laughs> you may be wondering where the third member of our trio is. This is a first for the podcast. We are recording... Sans Mitch tonight. He was called away. Mitch is undercover. <laughs> Shoot, I just blew that for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's doing some research for the podcast. He's out in the field. Yes, undercover. Right no, we had always planned on the possibility that we would have to record just two hosts occasionally, and tonight is that night. Yes. So we definitely will be missing Mitch. I'm sure you're going to be missing him, his thoughtful additions to the conversation. But we have to, you know, keep plugging along here or we're not going to have episodes for you every week. I feel like if there were if there were one episode that people would really be upset that we missed, it would be The Departed, being that it's the Martin Scorsese movie. You know, you got to do that one. Absolutely. We started Crime Month and this was a passion project for all three of us, really. We were super into this and... We talked about possibly scrapping without Mitch being able to record this uh, fourth episode, but this movie was really the reason we we started the whole thing. I mean, it was it was the one we were all the most excited about. So I'm glad we have decided to forge ahead. Mitch, if you're listening, we we love you. <laughs> no, I wish Mitch was here. Yes, <laughs> I yes, really yes. Do. Do you mind if I read the synopsis? Oh. I never get to read these. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah, go it, for it. Unless you really want no, to. No, no, no. Th that's all you. Let's just do every other sentence. Okay. We began this month with Catch Me If You Can and the story of two little mice in a bucket of cream. Allow us to end the month with the story of two stinking rats 
crawling around South Boston's criminal underworld. Irish mob boss Frank Costello has always wanted to leave a legacy, but he has no sons. So he takes young Colin Sullivan under his wing and raises him to become a professional spy in the Massachusetts police force. Later, Frank takes on another son, Billy Costigan, who turns out to be an actual undercover police agent working against him. Costello, Billy, and Colin all race to expose each other, leaving a long trail of bodies while they're at it. So September is Crime Month here on the Is It Really podcast, and we chose to do Catch Me If You Can, The Sting, My Cousin Vinny, and we're ending the month with The Departed. What are a couple movies, crime-based movies, that we may have missed this month? I think my favorite crime-related movie of all time is the Ben Affleck-directed Gone Baby Gone, mm. which mm-hmm. I think is just a really, really great movie, well-directed, great performances. But I think maybe my favorite thing about the movie is that it doesn't portray crime in kind of a black and white yeah. manner. It's very gray, which spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. At the end, they kind of talk about what's the real crime, morality or legality? Yeah, that is gut-wrenching yeah that that movie i love i love gone baby gone another boston crime movie yeah i feel like also boston crime movies should be like their own genre right because this is an extensive list yes gone baby gone though gut-wrenching ending you really feel for the little girl who's you know who who makes it back to her mom oh yeah but is ignored is probably malnourished mistreated i'm not trying to be prejudiced against well, they um, they bring it up in the movie. That's the whole point. Right, like you could stay right, with okay. Morgan Freeman, who's like a pretty good uh, parental figure, but at the end of the day, he did kidnap this girl. Right, or you could right. bring her home to her mom, who you know you see is a junkie and a drug mule, and it's not the best environment to raise a child. Like I remember, my dad and I, when we watch movies, usually when the movie's over, we kind of don't really talk about it, but. When the film was over, he just looked at me and he said, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that is an age old question. A man uh, has a family. They're starving. They don't have any food. He goes and breaks a window at a bakery and steals bread to feed his family. I stole a loaf of bread. Oh, it was Jean Valjean. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's still. No, I think this is a pretty well-known parable. Is there a crime worth committing? Would you commit crime to feed your family if they were starving? Would you kidnap this girl to get her away from the South Boston projects and give her a better life. I think that's and again, that's I've, tough. I've seen that movie a bunch of times and I, I still don't know. I think it's really easy to take a legalistic approach, right? I think in many ways, that's what I lean towards. I mean, no, you cannot kidnap anyone. That's right. not okay. But I think you do at least feel for the situation. Yeah. I think yeah. It, it does at least tug on your your heart. Brandon, you got one that you think we missed? So I went a couple different directions. I think a big subgenre of the of the crime movie is the mobster movie. And I yes. think the Godfather is the one that started it all. You know, we've we've had lots of mobster releases, but right. almost all of those have been based on The Godfather. I feel like The Godfather is where we formed all of our views on La Cosa Nostra. In that same vein, like 
kind of the elegance of crime that I was joking about in Catch Me If You Can, that's front and center in the Godfather movies. Like, yeah. especially that first one where you see that huge wedding and like they all right. get to be like Hollywood stars and things like that. Right. Like that really shows the there's this real almost glamorous side to this style of crime. And then I think more so in Godfather 2, you see how it all kind of blows up and mm-hmm. there's that fantastic ending the don Vito character yes really exemplifies that mafia don godfather like the head of the family yeah there have been so many characters that have come after the godfather that were based on don Vito. like i I think of tony soprano the movie the goodfellas which is more of a modern era crime family but still based on that Italian-American theme. Yeah, Godfather is just something that I feel a lot of people haven't seen, but they know yeah. like what the they big know. are. They absolutely still know a lot about it. Right. You know, that that's a that's a great point. The, the Godfather is ingrained in our culture. Yes. Well, let's steer back to Scorsese here for a minute. What do you feel like are some of Scorsese's best movies? So The Departed is probably my favorite of sure. Scorsese's. I think it's it's the one I'm the most familiar with, and it's the most rewatchable for me. Scorsese's movies are just, they like hit you like a grand piano. Yeah. <laughs> they are very hard to watch. Well, I just think it's interesting that this is the movie that he won the Oscar for because. Right, right. It, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's the least Scorsese-ish of his movies, but this is the one that if you told me somebody else had directed it, I, I'd believe you. I'm not saying like any like Joker, but, <laughs> you know, like if you said like a Ben Affleck directed The Departed, I'd believe you. So it's interesting that this is what which I think that Oscar is probably more of like a lifetime achievement award for him. That's the impression I remember vividly this Oscar year. And there was a big to do about the fact that Scorsese had never won an Oscar before now. And all of the times he maybe should have won. It did feel a little bit like a lifetime achievement award or like a culmination of his career, which I don't think is super fair or necessary. I think it should just be based on the movie, that right. movie that year. I think he deserved it. Yes. Yeah. I didn't need all the extra stuff. I did love Spielberg, Coppola, and Lucas presenting it, though. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. What my favorite Scorsese film is, and what I think his best is, is Raging Bull. Mm. I think it's the best De Niro performance in in my book. And I think it takes this character who just goes on such a crazy journey. And mm. it really, it really hits you. I think it's good. Okay. I think <laughs> it is hard for me to not compare it to Rocky though. Right. And when I do that, Rocky seems great and raging bull it just doesn't excite me the way rocky does sure de niro's great in it right it has iconic scenes iconic lines i mean it is another one that's really ingrained in our culture i think we'd be remiss not to mention taxi driver i know we've gone on here a little bit but (laughs) that might be my favorite this to me is the epitome of scorsese you know scorsese loves his vices all of his R-rated movies are a hard R. Absolutely. I think I would have a hard time recommending a Scorsese movie to our listeners just because, like, I think of, like, The Patriot or The Gladiator, like a soft R. Right. Those are barely R movies. Yeah. A Gladiator? <laughs> yeah, like... It's pretty it's, violent, but... yeah, It's other violent, than that. but swords and shields... And incestual. 
<sighs> Barely. <laughs> We did poll a little bit on Facebook, and I heard a lot of Gangs of New York, which I've never finished that movie, but it's good. I really like Gangs of New York. It, It, to me, seems like a college movie. Yeah, it got a little sleepy for me. All the bros were watching it in college. I was one of them. I loved it. I haven't watched it since. If you asked me, I would still probably say that it's good and I like it, but... If we're talking Martin Scorsese, it doesn't really enter in to the conversation with me in terms of like his best movies. Yeah, that's fair. The Departed is a tale of two rats. What's the difference between Sullivan and Costigan? Well, it's funny. I noticed that Nicholson says nobody gives it to you. And then he gives everything to Sullivan. He literally has that scene where he's loading them up at the store and then he puts him through school and kind of gives him this amazing life. It seems like Sullivan has gotten everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. Life has come easy to him. And Costigan has nothing and the deck is stacked against him. Absolutely. What's interesting, even though Sullivan is a poor character, his family is low income. They're from that South Boston neighborhood. He is taken under Frank's wing and really given a better life. And Costigan, crime family, South Boston projects, really trying to escape his past. And I think that's where we find him in the police academy. Which is what they tell him when he sits down with Martin Sheen and Mark Wahlberg. That's what they tell him. They're just like, look, like, it's pretty bizarre that you want to become a cop. But mm-hmm. let's let's use that to to our advantage. So they're like almost pushing him back into that situation that he does not want to be in. Yeah. He very much wants what Sullivan has, which is, you know, he's not a pencil pusher, but almost. And right. he's going on dates with the shrink. And tell me if you agree with this or if I'm just being myself. Did Sullivan kind of annoy you in this movie? Oh, more than a little bit. Yeah. Like when he's on that date with that girl, I was like, dude, shut up. Stop holding up the elevator. People have to go to work. I think sometimes it's especially now hard for me to see. Matt Damon try to pick up girls. I don't know. Like it, it just yeah. seems odd. And I will say he plays that unlikable character so well. So well. He does a great job, but man, do I not like his character in this movie so much. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. And and the point is I think he's supposed to be the more straight-laced guy. Yeah. And he's obviously a rat for Costello, whereas you've got DiCaprio, on the other hand, who's the informant for the police, and he's right. just a mess. Well, he's a cop that looks like a thug, and Sullivan is a thug that looks like a cop. I actually, when I talked about him, I wrote a quote from The Social Network. Dating you is like dating a stairmaster of Sullivan. <laughs> I was like, he gives a very charming first impression, but then he's like that all the time. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, who do you feel like gives the best performance in this movie? I don't know, because, again, um, Matt Damon's character annoys me so much, but I'm like, it's I don't think he's giving a bad performance. Nope. And Leo's kind of doing Leo a little bit. And Martin Sheen doesn't have enough screen time, I think, for me to justify him 
being the best, but I, even though he's doing Nicholson, I really, really liked Nicholson. Well, you know my affection for Martin Sheen. Yes. But I don't feel like he's one of the better performances. All right. I have got to go with Mark Wahlberg. Okay. All right. It, it's a little over the top for me. Uh, just a little bit? It's, but I, again, I can't tell if that's the writing or his performance. I feel like his character is this boisterous, cantankerous. Right. They've almost got this like Andy and Barney, Abbott and Costello, <laughs> Martin Sheen and Wahlberg. They've got this like, you know, Martin's the straight man. A very crass Barney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the thing that strikes me about those scenes is yeah. Wahlberg flies off the handle and Martin does not say a word he just yeah. is like this is the act answer his question why are you pretending to be a cop right you know like queenan is absolutely bought into the one-two punch that they've got going on now it's it's right. part of the whole thing i think that's what sells it for me that's why it's believable is because you've got queenan and it's not like a will you calm down will you take right. it easy yeah. he's like no he says the things that i am too polite to say right another performance i really think is great is ray weinstone mm -hmm. as kind of the muscle like mm -hmm. the, he doesn't have a lot to do, but he plays that character so convincingly. Like I love when he's just like beating that guy up and then yeah. uh, Leo accidentally hits the guy in the mouth with his gun and he just like stops and fixes his hair. <laughs> like it's just those little things. I feel like Weinstone really probably saw the script and was like, okay, like I know this is kind of a B player, but I'm going to really give this everything I've got. I liked him. I think he's a little mumbly for me, and maybe they all are. I don't know. Maybe everyone's a little <laughs> mumbly. But I think of a movie like, this is going to be unpopular, but I think of a movie like King Arthur. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure for me, because it's not good, but... <laughs> I think he's. I think he's kind of doing the same character a little bit. But no, I do like Mr. French in this movie. I think he does yeah. play that sidekick number two really well okay so we breezed over DiCaprio he gives a great performance sure he is probably one of the better performances for me I also like to point out Baldwin I think he does a great job it's a small role I mean he has my favorite line in the movie it's far too vulgar to say yes on on the podcast I have but an immaculate record no no they're getting ready to run the raid and they're in the surveillance oh, room oh yeah he said, I'm going to go yeah. have a smoke. Anyway, yeah. far too vulgar to repeat. Just really kind of that neurotic, spastic. It's it's quintessential Baldwin, but I think it right. play, I think it works really well here. I agree. When I watch a movie like The Town and I hear Ben Affleck do his Boston accent, I'm like, yep, that that's right. Or when yeah. I hear like Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea or something, I'm just like, yep, that's right. But when I hear Matt Damon do it in this movie, I'm just like, nope. You're, you're doing an accent. It's like he was trying to remember, first of all, what it was like to live in Boston. And second of all, what he did on Goodwill Hunting. Yes. It really feels like he took all of his Goodwill Hunting stuff and then dialed it up to like 14. And it does feel very forced. I'm not obviously I'm not an expert on on accents, but it does seem a little much. Right. I think Mark Wahlberg's again is one. And I think the what I think his temper is what really sells it for me. Yes, it's it's yes. the way he uses it. I don't feel like he is 
taking every opportunity to drop every R and all of those stereotypical South Boston tropes. But I think the way he delivers his lines is what sells it for me. Yeah, I I would I would agree with that. Also, the guy from Transformers, Anthony Anderson. (laughs) He's good, but I was like, this is distracting. (laughs) He's he's out of place. Also like to point out Martin Sheen's. It's terrible. He yeah. can't decide if he's from Boston or New York. Yeah. And, he, he, you know, he's got the JFK thing creeping, creeping in. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's irritating a little bit. Yeah. Nicholson doesn't even do one. Nicholson. And <laughs> I read, no- I was I was reading an article and they were talking about how Nicholson. It's basically just a mess. And that's what makes it good, because there's never like a perfect Boston accent right. and I can kind of see what they're saying, but I feel it's like when you're playing doing one, right. I feel like when you're playing a role, <laughs> you do have to kind of pick something and go with it. You can't just do whatever you want. That's why I knock Leo a little bit too, because I was like, sometimes it sounds like you're doing one. And then sometimes, yeah, I feel like Scorsese not being a Boston guy. He probably doesn't have an ear for the accent as well as he would like a New York story. So there's probably more like, yeah, right. that's fine. So how do you feel about that iconic ending scene? So I have a story for you. Tell me. When I was a little bit younger, like 20 something, uh, I was at a friend's house and this movie was on television. And it's the scene when they're going to get Costello right before Sullivan spoilers shoots Frank. So I walk in the room and they're like, oh, Zach, this is The Departed. It's one of the greatest. You've seen it, right? And I just kind of lied. And I was like, yep. And sat down and watched the movie from then on and just saw the entire ending. And I was like, well, this movie seems great. And I feel like I've ruined it for myself. I don't feel Um, like there is a worse time to start watching this movie. Exactly. So I remember watching it and feeling very much like Anthony Anderson when he's like, what's going on? Uh, (laughs) who's telling the truth which was actually kind of a cool way to watch the movie not knowing anything about it where i was like wait but who who uh, i don't know who to believe in this scenario and i was telling were you were you that guy asking all the questions no because i was pretending i'd seen the movie so i was like Uh. i remember this But at the end, when Mark Wahlberg showed up, I was like, oh, he's in this. Oh, and in context, I think I think it's one of the great endings in just that nothing goes the way you think that it's going to. I think it tells a good story. I think crime and that culture just it chews up and spits everyone out that it comes in contact with. Right. You know, I think about Leo, who. I think was really trying to get out of crime, get away from his past, enroll in the police academy, become a cop. I think he was trying to make positive steps forward and he gets sucked right back in by Queenan. This is Scorsese. Yes. Yes. I think there's a clear lack of neat packaging on his movies and they're never going to slide down the tube easily. Right, right. I I think there's just something that's always going to kind of sit wrong with you. Uh, One of the things I like the most about the ending is there's almost a shift between the characters where you see 
Leo is willing to do anything to get the truth out there, kind of like a criminal almost. Like he's willing to go rogue in a weird way. Yeah. And they never come out and say it, but you see there's a moment where Sullivan kind of goes like, "Well, I, if this is going to be my life, that's fine." Mhm. Like I yeah. can I can be this person. Like I can be this police officer I've been pretending to be for so long. And you as the audience kind of see that too and you're like you think the movie's going to end that way in a conflicting way like, "Well, can he go straight? What is what's going to happen to the police department?" And then there's Marky Mark and the funky bunch of bullets. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is what makes that ending so much sweeter. Sullivan Justice. thinks he's gotten away with it. Yeah, he thinks he's gotten away somehow with this elaborate scheme. You know, everyone's everyone's dead now. That's that's why he thinks that. But Dignam's waiting for him. I think in many ways it's easy to point at Wahlberg and say he is the hero of this movie. Uh, he gets revenge. He gets the outcome that he wants. I think of Alec Baldwin's character again. I know he is not like one of the. I just like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I I like Alec Baldwin, and I like. I think I think his character gets all of the outcomes he wants. Takes down takes down Costello, finds the rat, and never has to dirty his hands. O is always. I think that's what makes his character a little more of a hero. Baldwin's character was always good. Well, we we talked about what does loyalty get you. As, yeah. And that's our question. And I, I think about a quote from Quentin Tarantino when he was talking about um, Brad Pitt when he played Lieutenant Aldo Rain. He said every other character in the movie gets done in because they're pretending to be someone else except for Aldo because he is incapable of being anybody else. And I would say that of Mark Wahlberg in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like he wants to go fight guys in the parking lot. Even when Queenan dies, he won't give up who his people are. Uh, he, he'll throw the first punch. He never strays from the path that he's on. And I mean, you don't see Baldwin as much, which is, I think, where I'd push back. But, you know, it's kind of the goal was to get Costello and to yeah. get the rat. That yeah. was Marky Mark's goal. And just by being loyal to himself, like Shakespeare, to thine own self be true, just by never like selling out his integrity and by kind of just staying in there the whole time, he ends up being able to, you know, get that final shot at the end of the movie. Yeah. Before that stupid rat runs on the banister. It was a little on the nose. Yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't disagree. It, it is the most gratifying part of the movie, for sure. I just think there are other takeaways here. I think there are other people to point to, and I think it does pay in in the long run to always do things the right way and to keep your integrity. You to sound keep like me in the Catch Me If You Can episode. Now. No, I do not. <laughs> Don't you dare drag me into that. But I think there, I think there is something to be said for keeping your integrity. Absolutely. I will say. In closing, I remember watching this for the first time, and I think it was a movie that I wasn't ready for back then. I saw it in the theaters, and it came out the same year as The Prestige because we did a double feature that day. <laughs> what a what a full day. <laughs> I know, right? We went to McDonald's in between and got a couple double cheeseburgers, so... I was living large that day. Right, right. I just wasn't ready for a Scorsese movie. I wasn't ready for an ending of a movie like that. I left and right. I was like, 
what? You know, I was just really disappointed. The cast is what got me in the theater. Absolutely. And then the ending is what made me disgruntled. I will say, though, years later, I've come to appreciate the movie much more. And and I think it is an acquired taste, as are most of Scorsese's movies. A little bit of acquired taste. And that's the other thing that I would... You know, the the whole point of this podcast is challenging popular opinions. And like as silly as this is going to sound, we're talking about what does loyalty get you? And if if Scorsese is not your cup of tea, mm-hmm. you don't need to pledge false loyalty to, right. to him. People like I feel like there's a lot of directors who, you know, Scorsese might be too much for a lot of people. Like you said, his movies that are rated R are very hard R's and you know, there's kind of a lot of narration and they're very much in his style. And if that's a style that you don't enjoy, you don't have to like pledge false loyalty. You can Mm. say like, Hey, he's not really for me and we shouldn't be jumping down each other's throats about that stuff. Right. Stick to Spielberg. He's going to make you feel good. (laughs) What does loyalty get you? Well, it all depends. In The Departed, we see that loyalty gets most of our characters killed. But let's consider what our characters were loyal to. Sullivan was loyal to crime, and Costigan to truth, justice, and maybe the American way. In a movie like The Departed, The rules of right and wrong don't apply. At the end of the day, all our characters have is their loyalty. Loyalty placed in the wrong people can ultimately cost you your life. This is especially true with a character like Billy Costigan, who just wanted to leave his past behind him and do something honorable with his life. Billy ends up getting chewed up and spat out by the streets he tried so hard to escape all because he placed his trust in a father figure whose righteousness was no match for the criminal underbelly of this unforgiving town. What does loyalty get you? This is The Departed. Check loyalty at the door. If Mitch were here, he would compare two other unlikely sports films and do a voice. <laughs> oh, Marty Dukes is the exact same thing as Slapshot. Move the, the hockey in the move. <laughs> I don't. We need to be careful. Mitch is going <laughs> to hurt us. that's going to do it for our episode on The Departed and our final week of Crime Month. We would love to hear your opinion on our episodes or just movies in general. So if you haven't already, hop on over to our Facebook page and join the conversation. We can be found at the Is It Really Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're up to it, please give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. We will return next week with our episode on the cult classic Hocus Pocus as we kick off the Halloween season. We'll see you then.